nearly four decades later, and they're still talking to each other. I'm thrilled. Stay a minute for observations, reviews, ranting, and maybe a couple guests. It's commentary you didn't ask for and a podcast you don't need. Absolute BS with Brad and Steve. It'll be anarchy. As Brad and I round out our third season in nearly 50 recorded stories, we wanted to close this season with our biggest story yet. It's a tale of drama and politics and what it's like to make city-affecting decisions when all you want to do is eat nachos. This time, we share the microphone with the effervescent Mayor Rosalind Bliss. Join us as we keep things completely informal, showing you that government officials can be dateable, what circumstances a ride with O.J. Simpson is okay, and what the least exciting thing about leading a city is. Polish up some silver and give it a listen. Brad. Steve. The expression white whale is used to refer to an activity or thing an individual obsesses over and or is constantly chasing to the point that it becomes dangerous for their health or safety. Rocky had Ivan Drago. Yep. Spanky had Alfalfa. And Moby had Dick. But Brad and I finally get to snag our white whale with our somebody whale. we've been chasing for two or three months. And to close out our third season, we have the privilege of talking to a titan of politics, a looming figure in the world of parks and recreation, and a towering advocate for neighborhood and community issues. Today we are hashtag blessed to speak with Grand Rapids' very own Mayor Roslyn Bliss. Welcome, Mayor Bliss. Oh, How are you today? Oh, so good. I, I'm and you great. just did that all like off the top of your head. Oh, I know. Was I wasn't amazing. reading anything that reading I wrote a half an hour ago. Uh, Mayor, thank you so much for joining us today. I say white whale in a joking way, but you are somebody that we have, as we're trying to build this podcast, been looking to for a little while to get because of your stature and your position in town as a government official. By the way, that's what your wiki page says. Oh, I, I think it's amusing to tell you have a wiki page out there. <laughs> and all it took was a simple drink bought at a bar when we saw you. That's right. To, to, to seal the deal. That's thank you. How are you doing on this true. Friday? I'm great. It's, I'm so glad it's Friday. Right. And how, how has your week been mayoring? Busy, very busy. What, right, is, so. what is a typical mayor week? Like, mm. not not in detail, but like, are you at every single baby kissing, ribbon cutting all day long, or what? Is, what is? No, it? I did have a ribbon. I did have a ribbon cutting this you week. Did. Okay, there it is. <laughs> um, it is such a mix. Uh, my schedule it's it's all over the place I have some standing meetings so this morning I was up bright and early for the convention arena authority meeting uh, I was in Lansing last night I gave a speech at a women's leadership program at MSU nice. Tuesday I was at City Hall from basically 7 30 a.m. till midnight because yes. uh, we had meeting after meeting after meeting and lots of public hearings uh, in the evening so our 7 p.m. commission meeting can be 45 minutes long, or it can be obviously five hours long. I was at the Muskegon Commission meeting the same night you were having your meeting, which lasted from, what was it, 6.30 to 9.45, maybe later than that. Mm -hmm. And it was just on and on and on. I thought about you. I was like, this, that mayor up there is doing some good work. That really mayor. being <laughs> that mayor up there. Well, because the Muskegon's mayor, with, Mayor Garren, I know him who, quite well. Who's a very nice person. He's very nice. And he was being nice to everybody, and God bless him. I mean, because there was a lot going on up there um, yes. for a lot of, and, and pro and con all over the place. So that's, that's how it is. Good for you. So, yeah. Rosalind, take us back 45 or six years. Ooh. When young, I was born. Very young Rosalind. <laughs> August. Leo, I think, yeah, right? Yeah, I am oh, a Leo. Okay. Good job. You have yeah. about 95 siblings as well from a family of <laughs> I 10, do. I believe. I read 94. I do. Okay, I do. There's 10 of us. There's 10 of us in 10 years. 10 in 10 years. Your parents are busy. Uh, yeah, yes. My goodness. Yes. So I'm A little so crazy. Where are you in the 10? I'm number seven. Number seven. So I have, okay. I have three little brothers, three older brothers. So I'm kind of sandwiched in between mm -hmm. my brothers. Mm -hmm. And then I'm the youngest girl. Okay, do you find that that was helpful or not helpful growing up? Like the first person, I was the first, you get all the rules imparted on you, so you get the yeah. worst of it. And then my brother was kind of in the middle while they were figuring out, my sister got easy street. See, I, I'm the oldest, same thing as you, Steve, two youngers. And yeah, I got the most strict mom and dad. And then my sister, I don't know that she had to come home ever. Yeah, like she right? could just be out as long as she wanted to. <laughs> no, but I feel like it might help these city, com city commission meetings, having three older brothers and three younger brothers uh, and oh growing yeah. up like that and managing yeah. people. Yeah, well, it's interesting. I am a big birth order person, but I think when it's 10 of you, it it all becomes just a mess. It's a wash. <laughs> Is there a book for that? No. For 10 of them? No. Yeah. But I used to. It's funny that you say that about the commission. Mm -hmm. um, 
because when I was very first elected in 2005, I was the only female. So I was serving with six men on, on the, the commission, commission, on the okay. city commission, yep. and I was the youngest. And I joked with Mayor Hartwell that growing up with six brothers prepared me for this moment right. of, oh, de absolutely. of dealing with in that chair and you felt very comfortable from I'm day like, one. and it, I think I think also like growing up with six brothers gave me a perspective of um really great people say stupid things right you know like I love my brothers they're amazing uh sometimes they say really stupid things and I <laughs> I give them a lot of grace because I love them and, well uh, and I've seen you at city commission meetings and I see that grace so well done on that <laughs> now are any of them mayors no, in fact. So you win, boom. I was going to say, I, your parents must think you're the, the, you know. But I have to tell you, so we still get together, all my siblings, we get together a couple right. times a year. And um, my brothers will be quick to remind me mm. that I am not the mayor of the family. Ooh. So <laughs> they'll remind me, you're no oh. mayor. You're not mayor here. You're so not mayor. You don't bring you don't get to, to You dinner? don't get to tell us what uh, to do. See, because okay. I has to have be a, a kind of a bizarre dynamic. I was with my family last night, and I've got my three siblings and all the spouses and everything, and just... You have the politics, the family politics back and forth, but sitting at a table with like a mayor of a city when you might be a, an engineer or a mailman or whatever, you yeah, know, yeah. I have to imagine there's a little reverence passed along to you unless it's just sibling rivalry or family where it just doesn't matter at all. No, it really doesn't matter at all. So, um, so none of my, uh, it, so my family's, my dad was a brick mason and uh, many of my, my brothers are still doing, um, you know, more, uh, like I have a brother that works at Surpro, a brother that works at Vermeer. I have a brother that works at the National Guard, uh, and they're salt of the earth, good, good people, and they are just like Razi. That's what they call me. <laughs> Only my siblings can call me Razi. That's right. it. Until this I don't, time. I don't, Until <laughs> I don't, the I don't let, I don't let anybody, it. I don't let anybody else call me that. <laughs> but they also call me Razi, and they'll be like, "You ain't mayor in this family." Right. <laughs> just, you're like you, right. you are. You are Razi. <laughs> so you dropped a little. It sounded like you had a little bit of an accent right there. I saw that you were. Yeah. You lived in Mobile, Alabama, for I, a little while. I did. I grew up in the UP in the Sioux, right. and I, I left the Sioux and I went down to uh, University of South Alabama. Okay. And you have a history of. I mean, you you studied psychology and criminal justice. You have a bachelor of arts degree in that. That's pretty cool. What? It's a little bit of a path to get to where you got now. But what is a young lady in in the UP? You know, where was 80s. any impetus in the '80s that made you say, "This is this is the path I want to do"? You know, what yeah. what what prompted that? Yeah, yeah. You know, it really was. Uh, what's the right word? Uh, it it was not strategic whatsoever. Quite frankly, <laughs> I mean, it was it was really serendipity. I so growing up in the Sioux, I really hated winters mm -hmm. for a oh, whole host of reasons. Good place to grow up then. Well yeah, done. Yeah. Yes. So, um, so one thing about me, I, I don't know, some people know, not everybody knows, um, but when I grew up, I, uh, so I have a, I have a pretty rare bone disease. Oh my. And so when I was little, I um, was in a wheelchair a lot. So I had uh, lots of surgeries at Mott Children's Hospital at U of M. And um, I was in a wheelchair quite a bit. And quite frankly, having a big family was helpful because my mm -hmm. brothers right. would lift me up and carry me around. And it was it was lovely to have this, you know, group of people that loved you deeply and helped you on those mm -hmm. hard days. So I grew up and getting around in the Sioux, uh, in a wheelchair and on crutches was extremely difficult. Especially in the snow. Especially in the snow. Yes. And so I knew I wanted to get out of the snow. And I, I, um, and I also knew that, you know, like, like unlike my siblings that could do a lot of physical work, mm -hmm. uh, I had to go to college. Um, that was kind of my path. Not, n very few of my siblings went to college. Um, you know where they don't have snow, Steve? Mobile, Alabama. Mobile, Alabama. Alabama. I was going to say, well, I always wanted to be Forrest Gump and be, go back to Alabama. I know. Well, you know what? I applied to all Southern schools. So I applied to, to 11 different universities and colleges mm -hmm. and actually thought I was going to go to a uh, university in Louisiana. And uh, like two months before I was getting ready to, to go to Louisiana, I get a note from South Alabama that they were giving me an academic scholarship that would cover pretty much all of my tuition for my first Whoa. year. So I switched gears, yeah. like truly at the last minute. I, I drove a little Ford Festiva at the time and I packed up my Ford Festiva and drove to Mobile. And I, I was UP. there for from the 26 hours. And, and it was a stick shift. 
Yes. It was. And it did not have air conditioning. Oh, but, Which for half the trip would have been fine. Which, by the way, is, is would be a great like coffee table book story was, right there. The 26 crazy. hours. You just call it that. It was great. What I had year, my cassette tapes. What year was that? Like 94, 90, 93? 93. Yeah, yeah 93. Yeah. I had all my cassettes. You know, I had made cassettes. Okay. Remember back then when we used to do that? Like, oh, hell yeah. Make, oh, yeah. <laughs> make mixtapes. What, what were you listening to if you could remember some of the music? Well, like when I you, I say you're you're are you're uh, you're older than us, so yeah. it's in the same same yeah. ilk of our stuff. What what was rock in your world back in the nineties? I know. So I remember on one of a couple of my mixtapes, driving to Mobile, I listened to Meatloaf, yes, and the Police. Wait, wait, wait. Was this new nineties Meatloaf? This like is... I would do anything for love, yeah. or was this old new. two out of three no. ain't bad oh, Meatloaf know, from the seventies? Nope. That too. That too. Okay. I had them all. I had okay, them. and this and the Police stuff. Were you playing like synchronicity, or was it like every breath you take? Like rock sand. Yes. Oh yeah, yeah. Yes. That's right. screaming it with my windows down. Well, there's that, oh, yeah. nothing better than that's kind mid, of a mid nineties rock. A big leap of of musical genre. Meatloaf. I know. Yeah. I loved Meatloaf. I still love Meatloaf. You could just. Yeah. I do too. I loved him in Rocky Horror Picture Show. You know, remember him in that? <laughs> oh, you know, yeah. he's great in Fight Club. To be honest, and with you. in Fight Club as well. Yes. Do um, you celebrate his entire collection of work, even when he makes well, cameos in no. movies? <laughs> no, no. Now, did did Rosalind at this time uh, have the long hair flowing? out the windows or were you always like pixie cut short hair kind of thing like that no i had long straight hair really yeah like every college girl <laughs> I, mean, yeah, I, see, looked, I, I don't know you as anything other than the haircut you've had yeah. that i've seen you in the last 15 yeah. years so uh, i'm gonna have to go dig in more which is really your like brand that. as as mayor i mean not the only brand but a lot of it is oh there's the mayor and there's no debate about it there's yeah. a short haired professional woman over there that's the mayor yeah, I mean, I think that's, I, I mean, this is, this is being complimentary. You have created kind of this world around you. I've been back in Grand Rapids 17 years now, mm -hmm. and I knew your name a couple years into it just because of your, your position as a commissioner and just seeing you. And you just, you're, you're, you don't forget when you meet you, your, your personality, your sparkle, your stature. I used all these towering words at the <laughs> beginning there. Ha, ha, ha. But, you know, you, you, you are more of a petite and uh, with short hair, and it's just like the whole package. And I think yeah. it's a, it's a, it is quite a brand for Grand Rapids to have you as its mayor. Oh, thank yeah, thank you. I wish you were my mayor. I don't live in Grand Rapids, oh, so I have no boo, part of electing boo. you or doing anything <laughs> other than seeing you at events. That's so like so amazing. She's booing the other place. I don't know. Yeah, all right. I don't know, but it's not as good as Grand Rapids. Well, and you were you were a social worker before mm -hmm. this, correct? Yeah. So, which I imagine with the criminal justice and all that, and then all the brothers once again. I mean, that's teeing you up for all of that, right? Well, you also worked in, yeah. uh, with domestic violence and child welfare, too. I did. I, mean, I did. You have the entire social conscious kind of collection back there of greatest hits of kind of jobs. So. It's almost like you were planning to be mayor a long time <laughs> ago. <laughs> is that a true statement? That is not a true statement. No. No. In fact, I never thought I would run for anything. So who first told you you should do that? Or was it a self-fulfilling kind of thing? Uh, no, it was not self-fulfilling. So I, I, so I was a social worker, a medical social worker at the DeVos Children's Hospital, and I got really involved in a number of community efforts around mm -hmm. raising awareness around human trafficking. I'd worked with a number of victims who had been trafficked, raising awareness around domestic violence. I'd worked in domestic violence, and there's a strong correlation between child abuse and domestic violence. So Which I, I was involved with Wedgwood for a few oh, Wedgwood yeah. for a few years, and talk about learning about this human trafficking and uh, children trafficking. It, it's a hidden problem in yeah. West Michigan that still goes on today. So I, yeah. I commend you for that, but please continue. Yeah, so, but but it was, you're right. I mean, uh, this was in the early 2000s and uh, just started getting really active and helped organize some community events, got um, connected to a group of women who were planning like International Women Day events and really elevating uh, issues related to violence against women. and. A number of those women uh, were extremely focused on getting more women elected to office. And one of them in particular, unfortunately, she's no longer with us. Um, her name was Karen Henry. And I used to go to her house and, and drink wine and talk to other women about, you know, just issues, mostly politics. Mm -hmm. And um, she, I remember this so clearly, she came 
to one of the gatherings. We'd call it wine and wine. So it was on mm-hmm. Wednesdays, we'd drink wine and we'd basically complain. Mm-hmm. So wine and wine, it was lovely. And uh, Oh, I get it, W-H-I-N-E. Yes. Oh, I thought it was just wine and more wine. Oh. Like, you know. <laughs> That's what I thought too. Gotcha. Steve's uh, a little slow I'm a little slow on the uptake here. Yeah. Ah. I thought it was, you're not even trying to be a book club. We're just gonna say oh, yeah. Yeah, wine right, yeah. and wine. Yeah, yes. we weren't trying to be a book club. We were just talking, we were just complaining about, about stuff. Which is kind of funny. Uh, we were complaining about President Bush at the time, and right. now I'd take, you know, anyway. He's, <laughs> he's, well said. I, I like him well now. Well said by not saying anything. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so um, anyway, so Karen was the first one that talked to me about running for office. She said to me, um, there's a seat that's going to be opening up uh, on the city commission. It's in the second ward. You live in the second ward. Um, I really think you should run. And I was like, you are crazy. <laughs> I'm 29. I was living in this tiny little apartment in East Town, working two jobs. So I was working at Children's Hospital and doing after hours at the Children's Assessment Center, mm-hmm. which is now called Children Advocacy Center. And um, she was pretty persuasive and mm-hmm. said, you know, if not you, who? And I said, well, you. And she's like, no, I'm too old. Mm-hmm. And um, and she was just, she got a uh, group of women together who started talking to me about what is it? What would it entail to run? And right. mm-hmm. they were supportive, and they would be with me and help me raise money. And um, I started attending city commission meetings. And at the time, uh, this was in 2005, the commission at the time started talking about the looming budget deficit mm-hmm. and uh, that they were going to cut funds to the parks department and close down all the city swimming pools. And mm-hmm. that was the issue for me. That was, was, your, that was where you said, "Okay, wait a minute. I can. This is my platform. I can, I get can behind see something that. behind." Yeah. Yeah. I thought. I thought. I think I can do something about that. And had so part uh, when I was working at the Children's Hospital, I also served on a number of countywide boards and commissions. So I served on the Kent County Domestic Violence Community Coordinated Response Team. I served on the County Child Death Review Team. And on the death review team, we would review all of the child deaths in the county, and we would look for patterns. What could we do to prevent? Um, a child death and so I knew the number of children in our community that were um, that had died from drowning and I knew that in urban areas kids were uh, less likely to know how to swim because mm-hmm. years ago they stopped teaching swim classes in third grade and yeah um, so we anyway drown proofing yes yes that's yeah. what it was called yeah and uh, and so that was that was my core issue and and that's what I decided to run and I thought you know what if I win I'm gonna figure out how to um, how to how to get our parks back open and our yeah. pools. Now, who is the Ward 2 Commissioner now? It is uh, Commissioner Isasi and Commissioner Jones. Yes. Okay. But I served with, um, so it's interesting. So when I first was elected, I served with Commissioner Tormala. Mm-hmm. And then I served with Commissioner Legrand. And then I served with Commissioner Kelly. Oh, very nice. And then I ran for mayor. And when you ran for mayor, so you kind of followed up, uh, I would say it was a beloved mayor who was not able to take a another term, yeah. you know, but probably a lot of people would have liked that to happen. So you were kind of following a, yeah. a star, I guess, in yeah. town. So you had your work cut out for you, but you cut out the work. I mean, you, you took the, <laughs> you took the floor pretty heavily once all those, all those ballots were cast. How did that, how did that feel? And what did you do to yeah. celebrate that night? And it was unmerrily. Oh my goodness. It was, you know, I don't know. It, it, election night is a terrifying experience. I just have to tell you, mm-hmm. even even going back to 2005, I only won by a few hundred votes. It was, I had a, a competitive primary and a competitive, uh, competitive general. This was in five, right? <clears throat> this is in 05. Yeah, not your then I, then I Then I had, was un, unopposed, which was lovely. I kind of joked that I worked so hard in 05, it got me eight years instead of four. <laughs> <laughs> Who were you running uh, against in, in 04? Uh, yeah, it was a woman named Shala Johnston. Shala Johnston, yeah. okay. And, um, and then I had an opponent... In, for my third uh, race as commissioner, and then there were four of us who ran for mayor, mm-hmm. and you know that's just a whole nother ball game because you have debates, you have—I mean, it just you're trying to cover the entire city instead of just one ward. Mm-hmm. Uh, and election night, it was—it uh, was so interesting because the results were coming in, and you know they come in slow, mm-hmm. slower than you want. But then it started to be clear that I had a pretty big lead, and I had. A couple of folks on my campaign team, they're like, I think we can call it. I think we can call it. And I'm like, we're not calling it. I was going to say, we've seen that backfire a lot. <laughs> I'm like, we're not calling it. I got to wait. I got to wait. So a lot of the people in the room, there were quite a, quite a few people there, um, were like, okay, I'm pretty sure you won. 
And I'm like, I'm not ready yet. No. And it was Mayor Hartwell that was there. And he and I went outside and he's like, I'm pretty sure it's time for you to. Like, wow. <laughs> he, took, he took you aside. He took you aside. You wanted to be like <laughs> suspenders and belt kind of I, win. You wanted to make sure completely. I kind of did want to wait till all the results came in. <laughs> right. And he's like, the, the number of ballots that haven't been counted yet. Um, will not. Will not even it. if 100% of them came back for somebody else, you would still win. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. What was the first thing you did when you decided to allow yourself to win? So uh, I took a deep breath, and mm -hmm. uh, then I went up on stage, and I gave a speech and mm -hmm. thanked everybody. Oh, I thought you said you slammed a bottle of something, or you ran around the block, or you <laughs> fell in a pool, or something like that. Oh, we're okay. No. In <laughs> fact, when I'm anxious, and this happens on, on election nights, uh, I find I can't eat or drink anything until oh, yeah? like afterwards. Like I'm just too, too your, nervous. Your body's like locked up. It's, yeah. Yeah. And, yes. and so after I gave the speech and then there's was a lot of media there. So I had all these interviews to do. Um, and so it was after the interviews and, you know, lots of pictures. Mm -hmm. Then I had a beer. <laughs> <laughs> then. Yeah. So if, if after that, if you I, I appreciate the beer side of it, but. If you had that food afterwards that would just be like filling like your go-to food after that strenuous time. What would that what would that be? I'm kind of curious. So, my uh, oh, you got a my guilt. Well, I don't have a passion, but I have a habit. Um, <laughs> that after like really stressful days. Yeah. Uh I go home and I make a big plate of chips and cheese. Chips and okay. cheese. It's super unhealthy. That's all right. I and, mean, but it's the truth. I have to. I, that's when you know I've had a hard day. When it's midnight. I just did this Tuesday night after yeah. my commission meeting. I didn't have time to eat dinner. So after the meeting, I'm starving. I get home. I pour a vodka and soda. That's what I drink mm -hmm. usually, vodka, yeah. soda, lime. And uh, and I made a huge plate of chips and cheese. Chips and cheese. <laughs> well, let's talk about stress a little bit. You know, Brad and I, when we come in and do something and make a decision for our job, you know, it's a video edit or Brad, you know, puts a set of stairs. Or, in like, a building or like a building like falls down. For yeah, me. nothing that no, big a deal. But, but you yeah. are part of things every day where you are making, uh, say, maybe life or death scenarios. There's certainly things that affect people very deeply. <clears throat> That to me is the fascinating part of your job because you have a whole different echelon of headspace when you are quote unquote relaxing or when you're in the middle of things. How do you approach a no-win situation or how do you approach a situation you know is going to be very difficult considering how we need to change the city or how we need to change this organization or you have to speak to somebody you don't care to speak to and you have to try to convince them. <laughs> what's what's all of those are process? so different uh, in how I approach them, and so much of it depends on what the issue is, the people who are involved, um, the individual that you have to speak to. Uh, you know, so much of this work is based on um, those individual aspects of every issue, uh, and I I have a lot of difficult conversations, and I think my background in social work really helps with that because I'm able to actively listen and validate and then also pretty comfortably say I appreciate where you're coming from I just don't agree with you mm -hmm. I'm, I'm pretty comfortable saying that mm -hmm. uh, and I, th I think some of my work in social work kind of teed me up for that mm -hmm. uh, even like some of my training around forensic interviewing and I used to testify in court a lot which w tended to be pretty high pressure uh, and so I think that's helpful when it comes to uh problem to be solved um, typically I spend time really looking at the details of the problem so that when I walk into a meeting with people I am well prepared uh, and so I, I don't tend to walk into something without having done quite a bit of research mm -hmm. on what is what is the issue we're trying to solve and what are our options um, and then and then a lot of it is just figuring it out together Right. Well, you I mean, know? it all has to be that, right? You never get your way necessarily ever all the way. Well, and I've, and I found, I, I sit on the school board for East Grand Rapids, and um, and I found the same thing about the, if you're well-prepared, you're giving respect to the person you're making a decision for or, or, with, or, yeah. or with, you know, with that group. And so already that <laughs> research has given you this respect level with them. And to be decisive in that decision making is easier because they realize that they've been heard mm -hmm. through that research, through just, you know, all those things. 
and it, it makes it a lot easier. And I, I, I've seen you in pretty decisive situations, and I appreciate that because I think the failing politicians are the ones who, who pander and don't make those decisions and don't stand by those decisions. So, so great job with that. Yeah, and you know sometimes it, it sometimes the decisions ap- absolutely fall on my shoulders and I don't I, you know and I have to you gotta weigh I have to own it and I have to yeah. weigh the options and, and really think about what do I believe is best for our city and our community or this neighborhood or and then sometimes we you know it's it's policy that comes before the city commission and uh, you know in those instances it's a lot of listening to concerns of my colleagues and city staff and community members and trying to find some common ground and uh, and and this I've done repeatedly since being on the commission. You know whether it was coming up with a chicken ordinance or changing the skateboard ordinance or food trucks or um, you know short-term rentals. It's like you get people in the room that adamantly disagree with each other. Yes. You listen to what their concerns are and then you try to find a middle ground. Because yeah. those are the things that don't specifically have a silver bullet already written. Right. So you're you're managing those new <clears throat> situations all the time. Can we have Airbnb? Can we not? Can, yeah. Chicken yeah. ordinance. Chicken ordinance. The famous chicken ordinance <laughs> of 2018. <laughs> Do you know that that failed on a split vote the first time? I don't even know what the hell the chicken ordinance is. What is the chicken <laughs> ordinance? Oh, man. <laughs> I spend so much time. You know, the funny thing about the chicken ordinance, I'll just tell you, this is yeah, no, this, this is crazy. I never thought I would be doing this as a commissioner, but here you go. Yeah. I went and spoke to a group of students at Blanford. This yeah. was when I was commissioner. This was like a decade ago. Yeah. And um, I can't remember what year it was, but I was commissioner. And at Blanford, you have chickens that you take care of and you get to know. And you can, at the end of the school year, take them home and have a backyard chicken if you want. And for or, the summer, for the a summer, solid dinner. <laughs> yeah. Well, hopefully, yes. <laughs> but we'll see. And um, so anyway, so I had these, I had these students at Blanford tell me, we're not allowed backyard chickens in the city. They're, they're, they weren't allowed at the time. It was, le- it was illegal mm-hmm. to have a backyard chicken. And uh, they're like, well, can, can you change that? I'm like, well, I don't know. I, I think I can. So <laughs> I did it with the parks. I think I got the pools. I got chickens. <laughs> so this community group came together, a couple of folks who were very into urban ag, and um, they started doing some research and kind of le- – I went to a couple meetings actually in East Town about this, and I'm like, oh, yeah, this seems this seems why, – why don't we allow backyard chickens, right. <laughs> you know? So it comes before the commission – and the there are some lobbyists from some chicken farms who come and talk about how we're gonna have salmonella spread throughout the oh, city yeah. and feral chickens running everywhere. There's no quality assurance on these. They're really <laughs> feral ra- chickens, chickens. rapidly running through Grand Rapids. Feral chickens. <laughs> and if, soon and we'll it, have cockfights. It'll be the end of the world. It was, I actually had some colleagues who made like this big deal and how it would be horrible. It'd be the the downfall of the city and neighborhoods. And it failed the first time. Mm. Brought it back up literally almost two years later. And it passed because we were doing it as a pilot. Mm. So we'll just try it for two years and we'll see how it goes. Wow. And it there was a permit process put in place and you had to get you had to notify your neighbors and give them a chance to say, no, I don't want you to have chickens. And um, anyway, we did it as pilot. Of course, you know, there were no feral chickens running in the street and no, no salmonella outbreaks. Wait, I don't <laughs> think you would have been reelected to yeah, be honest with that. if that happened. And so now, now you can have backyard chickens. Well, thank you for that. <laughs> yeah, I will look yeah. into that. But uh, wasn't, wasn't on my top priority list when I was a commissioner. But, you know, <laughs> you have to be proactive and reactive uh, at the same time. I like your bizarre um, accomplishments, though, like you're in your <laughs> career with <laughs> Uh, I want to shift gears a little bit. Uh, Rosalind, yes. yeah. do you know how to read? Oh, yes. Awesome. What is... That's probably a pre-qualification for mayor. ...adorning your nightstand right now? Oh, so I read multiple books at once. So do I. I do, too. That's Like four yeah. or five. I like have the morning book, the nighttime book, the bathtub book, or I'm just out in my <laughs> hammock. So I just finished the book. It was actually really quite good. Um, the, the book, Woman of Troublesome Creek. Ah, have you heard of that? Not at all. It's a very fascinating book. Okay, it's a novel, uh, but it's based on a couple historical facts. So one of them being that in the 1940s, um, the federal government gave money to poor communities in Kentucky to take books and deliver them, mm. and so mostly women did it. 
and uh, they rode around on a mule or a, or a horse and would cover like 20 miles a day and they would deliver books to poor families and um, and so it takes place in Kentucky and then true fact <laughs> I guess true in fact or the same thing but um, fun fact is that in Kentucky in the 40s was a family that had blue skin and um, it, it's true. It was a, the family's name mm-hmm. was Fugate. Uh, I've heard from of this, France. It's a blood thing or something, right? It's it a, is a blood disorder. Yeah. But in the 40s, they didn't know that. Mm-hmm. And the individuals who had blue skin were um, treated horribly. I can imagine. So, so in this book, it's about a bookwoman mm-hmm. who has blue skin. And it tells the story of her life. So they're, they're, it, they ma- they created a drama, kind of Da Vinci Code, Dan Brown. They grab a couple facts, grab a couple, and then they yeah. go from there. Yeah. Um, yeah. Wow, that's that's it's, that's it's an interesting book. It's yeah. a it's a it, it's one of those books that you can get lost in, and those I I need those once in a while. Do you like the like the novels and the uh, the fictional books that when you do read? I so I tend to read either memoirs, mm-hmm. um, it's a crime. True crime, true crime, or yeah. or or just murder mysteries. Yeah. <laughs> yeah so and, I was going to ask you read. I mean, I read because I'm an editor. I read for inspiration a lot. I read on how to how movie makers did this or did that. You read a lot for inspiration in your career or just to see how the other you know other things roll. And I find fiction fascinating because it's a truer side of ourselves than we want to admit a lot of the time. I have political conversations <laughs> with friends at the bar all the time, and I'm like, your favorite movie is that movie when they did that horrible thing, and you tell me, and you love that in the movie, but you tell me you can't let your head allow it to be a real-life thing? I mean, somebody came up yeah. with that for the movie. It's it's out there. Yeah, you know, so. yeah I do. I, I read a mix. So I read, lead, I read books on leadership. Uh, and then I'll read books on like specific topics, you know, around housing, uh, or affordable housing, or homelessness, or uh, I get people send me a lot of books, mm-hmm. and it's I mean probably every week I get a book from somebody. Oh wow! <laughs> I get a lot of books sent to me. People really want me to read certain things, uh, and so some of them I read, some of them I don't. That's I've, I've been heavy into. Uh, just because of the pace of my life with podcasts kind of replacing my reading, but I look forward every year going on vacation because I like choose a book every year to like this is my vacation book and I'm going to read this through one whole book a year. Huh? One whole book a year. <laughs> it sounds so bad, but like like you said, true crime. There was a serial podcast for NPR put out the serial, which is about oh, a serial yeah. serial killer or something yeah. like that, and it was this crime drama, but it was through NPR, so it was it was interviewing these people as the police are interviewing them at the same time and kind of this parallel investigation and you'd see it on the news as much as you would hear it on the podcast and it yeah. was so I, that's how i replaced the reading as yeah. much as i love books i just the, i'm more yeah. in my car than i am oh sure sure know. with yeah. books on tape yeah tape on cd i, I make a, a mixtape <laughs> on, on digital i make a mixtape and i throw it in the car <laughs> all right Mayor. i do i do like podcasts though and yes. one of my favorites uh I, I do listen to a criminal podcast. Yeah. I don't know if you know is, this, but you're on a podcast right now. I know, so we I appreciate know. the hell. Out I of love that. this podcast. Oh, that was pretty and, good. Plug, plug. That was a little and, teaser. Uh, and I love uh, Revisionist History with Malcolm Gladwell. So it's Malcolm Gladwell is one yeah. of my, I re, I've read every single one of his books. I love, he, he's just a brilliant mind. He sees things in a way I don't see them. And so it's always fun listening to his, his podcast. He, he does a great job. I yeah. agree. Yeah. Mayor Bliss. Yes. It's Friday night. Yes. Your government official duties are over. Sometimes. You have just purchased it, Are a, they ever over, really? Come on. You have just purchased a banging new dress or pantsuit, whatever you like. Mm-hmm. All right. And you're feeling saucy. All right. Where are you clubbing in Grand Rapids, pre-pandemic, let's say, because we okay. haven't figured this out now. Okay. Where do you go for fun? Okay, so I have a couple favorites. Um, often, you can find me at Logan's. Mm. Michigan so that tends it's close to my house and I love I just love Logan's um so I go there uh, often Mm -hmm. um I I also lately have been going to post off now they weren't open before pandemic what is this but they're again post off they said the post office. I'm like, well, that sounds not fun. the post office. Um, po- you probably post have the keys to the post office. office. Oh, I wish yeah. I'd demolish it. Um, <laughs> oh, I could go but, down a whole path about that building downtown. Worst use of a building in the downtown area yeah. as a developer. I'm going to say that. Yeah. Right now. Yeah. yeah. Where it is a uh, post off? It is on Fulton, right next to Buffalo's. Oh, okay. So they're kind of connected. Yeah. I love Buffalo's as well. Mm-hmm. Oh, Buffalo um, Traders. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yes. I love. I love no, them wild both. Wings. 
And <laughs> but I also go to Tara. So if I was actually going out, I, I um, pre-pandemic, I used to try to get to uh, the comedy club. Uh, uh, you know, once a month. Yeah. I love just really? sitting and laughing. It's good for the spirit. It is. Um, you know, now that I'm mayor, I can't really go out dancing. I was going to say, you kind of <laughs> lo- probably, unless you were really pushing the envelope there, lose some of your ability just to... I mean, you can't even go out and have a bad night. Like, you can't be at a dirt bar at 11 o'clock one night just no. quietly, even if you're just, just contemplating the world, uh, no. because that would turn into a bad story. Yeah. Although, here's a funny story. So, <laughs> a few years ago, um, I went to the Wine and Wig event. And I had this crazy wig on, mm. like a purple hair. Yeah. Long, crazy. I was in a, a kind of a, a, a dress that I wouldn't typically wear, mm-hmm. but it went with my purple hair. Yes, of and course. I was with some girlfriends. And so after the fundraiser, we went to Rumors and oh. we danced yep. until like 2 a.m. And it was so fun. No one recognized me. It was lovely. Oh, nice. Very I nice. would have recognized you. You probably would have. <laughs> I, I have this thing where I'm like, I really do, I don't mind getting pictures and sure. you know, videos, but I really don't want a video of me dancing showing up anywhere. I understand. I, there probably is one out there somewhere. Probably, Nobody's probably. used it yet. So just keep making good decisions and everything and you'll they're probably just, be they're fine. They're just holding it for future. Yeah, problems. I don't know. Yeah. Just hang on. What, what is your, your what do you want to be when you grow up like what's the next step for mayor bliss is it you know state rep what do you want to do or do you Mm -hmm. want to just get back into into the you know professional life what do you want to do well so i'm i'm mayor for another over three years so i'm not done until january of 2025 Mm -hmm. um and you know i i'm not really sure that's so that's so it's just such a long way away. But I feel not. like it's you know, not. It's, I know it's not. But you know, you know what is what I've learned in my life is that uh, opportunities come up that you just can never imagine. And if you if you kind of get your head set on one path, mm-hmm. I think you miss out on other opportunities that actually may be a better fit for where you are in that season of life. So I don't know. I don't know where I'll be uh, in you three years. You do enjoy serving, though. Serving I love the serving. I, I love serving at a local level. And I, there's a lot of ways to do that. So. There are. And I, I'm not, you know, the, the partisan divide that we're seeing is, um, I, I think I would struggle with that. Like, I love being nonpartisan. I love focusing mm-hmm. on local issues. I always say, you know, uh, local issues, city issues are not partisan. We all love this community. Yes. And we want to make it a great place for everyone. And that brings us together. And that's not partisan. We may disagree on how to get there. Um, but ultimately, we, at a local level, what ties us together is so much stronger than partisan politics. Yeah. Um, so I don't know. I mean, right now, um, there's a lot of divisiveness and ugliness in politics. And it's it's trickled down to the local level. And it's unfortunate. Uh, so I, I, I'm not sure at this point that I would want to run for anything again. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I think 19, by the time I'm done, I'll have served for 19 years. That's a long time. It's a long time. It's time for you to go be a shepherd or something then. Just Maybe. go do something laid back. Or She yeah. used to be mayor of Grand Rapids. But now she tends sheep <laughs> in Wyoming. She has, she has a beautiful flock. <laughs> Off the cuff, Mayor Bliss. Yeah. You ever been bitten or attacked by a wild animal? Ooh, that's a great question. No. It's not a great question, but it is a random question. (laughs) It is a random question. I wanted the answer to be like, actually, on my trip from the UP down to Alabama. In my car? Yeah, in my car. No, but in the UP, I saw a lot of wild animals. I mean, I I saw large gray wolf and bears, but I was never attacked. Okay, well, that's good. All right, very seriously now. Yeah. What sucks about Grand Rapids? Put you on the spot there. Mm, What sucks? I'll come up with a very diplomatic answer, please. Mm, Let's see. Mm. Well... I, hmm, what sucks? It's the hardest. We're asking the mayor of Grand yep, Rapids. We've asked a lot of people oh, this. I know. Well, yes. the post office sucks. It, you know what? It really does. <laughs> it really, it really does. I, re- I would love to see the post office redeveloped. Now, I, it's going to take... It's going to take longer than three years. I have three years, so I got to you know be realistic. But maybe I can start the process. I mean, I, I <laughs> think, the, ball the, key to, I think the key to that is to specifically finding a building somewhere that doesn't affect downtown and going, we built you this beautiful place to move to. How about you leave, you know, yeah. and, and kind of lead somebody over there. But I mean, with the federal involvement, it's. It's oh, it's so hard. It's, yeah. I, I tr- I, trust me, I've been working on it. I bet, yeah. It's a, it, the post office is a whole animal of its own. That's your white whale. <laughs> yeah. 
obsess about that. Right there. But you didn't answer my question because oh, he led you down this little safety okay, okay. zone path. Of, <laughs> Let's see. I'll edit if I have to. Well, I can tell you, um, I don't know if it really sucks. I have a list of things that I wish would change. There you One, go. I, I don't know about y'all. I'm so sick of construction right now. Even on full time. Blame Brad. It's kind of my it's, job. But okay. it's, a, it's a couple. Like it, it, I, I love construction because the end product is exactly what we need. But during mm -hmm. construction, it sucks. It does. Um, and we have a lot of it, which is great because we, our community, supported a, a millage to help <laughs> help us get Absolutely. the roads fixed. So it's kind of like this love hate relationship. Um, but you know, at my office at City Hall, I look out over the Calder, mm -hmm. and I love the La Grande Vitesse. I love the sculpture. I hate the Calder. It is the sea of asphalt, yeah. or not asphalt, uh, yeah. concrete, sure. and it's not a welcoming gathering place mm -hmm. other than like planned events so every day it could be this like beautiful like gathering place where people come and sit and have their lunch and it could be have trees and it could and it's just so blah right other than the sculpture well, what are you going to do about that put a fountain in i know well people have talked about fountains or like a a, a bench a permanent um well, peop stage people oh, yeah. have talked about moving the whole thing too they have i mean and that's an interesting idea too because uh is that the best place to have city hall is that the best place to, well maybe city hall but is that the best place to have that venue there how yeah. useful <clears throat> or amazing is that land right there well and it's it's a lot of land it's like four acres yes but here's the challenge is that alexander calder designed La Grande Vitesse mm -hmm. with the um, buildings, the county building and the city building as the backdrop. And yes. then he, I mean, it's really a fascinating story. Then he painted the mural on the top of the county building. Mm -hmm. And so, which is like the only Calder rooftop mural in the, in the world. Yeah. And so you have like this painting and the Calder. I mean, it's just, the whole Calder is this beautiful masterpiece. Yes, yes. Uh, but it's just underutilized. It's, it's in the heart of our city, and yeah. and it just lacks vibrancy and people and energy. You know, I just did a video on it for the festival. Actually, oh, yeah. it was all yeah, about. Yeah. Um, oh yeah, David and Abbott, we, David and I have talked about this. Yeah, thing. and it I'm was like, just interesting for me to get the story and get the script developed mm -hmm. and and hear a little bit more of that, and then watch some of the old footage and of the dedication yeah. of it. Yeah, you're kind of landlocked into that now. Can't, I know. You got to build around it. You can't. Really I much. know. Yeah, I but know. you can get rid of the post office, though. Damn it. You. Yes. You can. I am a very pragmatic person. Yes. <laughs> like, what can we actually get done? I totally agree. <laughs> what turns your crank movie-wise or, or media-wise? How do you, I mean, are you more inspired by, um, you know, like you said, leadership stories? Or, or you know, uh, uh, what's a movie you've watched before where you're like, that's how I want to be? That, that lawyer or that SJW, mm. whatever, that's how I want to be in the world. Mm. Do you have mm. one of those favorites growing up? Oh, you know, I, I wouldn't say I have a favorite like that. So I used to watch movies a lot. I don't really have time anymore. I haven't had a, I haven't had television in my house in 20 years, so I don't tend to watch TV Whoa. ever, like even before dinner. I mean, I just, I've never been a television watcher. Uh, I'd much rather read than watch TV. So when you had the chips and cheese yeah, on Tuesday... You sat there. Were you watching anything? You don't have a Stare TV. At the, like, the what are you abyss, doing? The long yeah. middle distance. Is it like in the middle distance? <laughs> you're just kind of zoning out, or what? What are no, you? No, I sit at my kitchen table and I eat my chips and cheese. <laughs> I have to like. I have to like. Sad. And I and I dream about it. No, it's like. But you need to process. So especially after a hard day. Yeah. I find I think about. I think about the day. So I yeah. think about, like, even my commission meetings, I think, oh, could I have said that differently? Could I have done this differently? So I, it's just a time to process. Decompression and, I decompress, and processing. But I do, I, I journal quite a bit. Mm, okay. I've actually journaled since I was a kid. I have, I have a chest at my house with all my journals in it from, like, when I was, like, I started probably when I was about 12 years old. And I think, oh, my goodness, if something happens to me, somebody has to burn all my journals. Oh, right, yeah. Like, God That's help like me. That's like erasing <laughs> your phone <laughs> That's true. That's that should be. That yeah. I don't want anyone to read these. <laughs> um, but I will tell you, so when I was a kid, I would and watch movies quite a bit. And uh, I loved The Princess Bride. Mm, okay. I to my love, top it's five. Just, it's just, it's such a good movie. It is such a good movie. The, all of the characters, I, I couldn't even tell you I have a favorite because I love them all. So. Oh, that's oh. very sweet. Inigo is my favorite. One more serious one, and then on over stupid stuff. Have you ever, you don't have to name what it is, though, right? But I have to imagine you screwed up somewhere. Somewhere, and you oh. haven't told anybody necessarily. You made a decision that turned around and backfired 
in any of your careers right there. Yeah. Without giving it away or whatever your leisure, you know, however you want to talk about it, how did you process something like that? Because you have the potential to affect a lot of lives and you might have learned something after the fact. We're like, uh. Yeah, tell us about that night at Billy's. Yeah. <laughs> Actually, I do go to Billy's, but I it's also... It's probably in East Town Story. I've you never seen you there, but you're not there at one in the morning, I, though. So. I also go to the Derby. Yeah, uh, I love I, the Derby. I yeah. love the Derby. I haven't, I haven't been there in a while. Which Derby? The the Derby over in Burton. The Silver Derby? The Silver Derby. Yeah. I have frequented that bar for 15 years. I haven't seen you there. Oh, no, I've been there. Oh, I've been wearing a purple wig. Wait, you go at like <laughs> three in the afternoon? Time. Sometimes. sometimes. You I, don't know. I, oh, man, I was there the other night. I didn't see you. <laughs> I do love Derby. Um, so, you know, it's interesting. I don't, I don't necessarily think immediately of um, something on the city commission, but I can tell you I took a job one time. And uh, within a month, I was like, oh, my goodness. Not like, the right I fit. I can't do this. Mm. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. You're just and going against your ethics or your or just? Uh, just the the, um, the culture, the, the individual I was working for. Mm -hmm. I was like, duh. Yeah, but ready to, it's better to cut those off early. I did. I did. Yeah. I, I only stayed a couple just, months. Just but that's not my style. Yeah. I, uh, I, my, my career, I've, you know, was at Children's Hospital seven years. Mm -hmm. I was at Dave Lodge at St. John's 12 years. Obviously been on the city commission 19 years. I also teach at Grand Valley, and I've been teaching there for about 15 years. All right. So. Oh, wow. You do a lot of stuff. Now, I know yeah. that I've met your partner. I can't remember Bri his name. Brian. 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 Now, yep. how long have you been with Brian? Oh, so I met Brian. I was on the commission. So uh, 2006. It's mm -hmm. kind of a funny story. Yes. Let's Bri hear it. <laughs> <laughs> Brian. Brian is a, a lobbyist at Amway. Okay. And Amway was building the JW Marriott mm -hmm. and needed a special land use for their helipad. Mm. And so Brian and his colleague at the time uh, and John Helmholt and I met so that they can talk. I had known John and so I didn't know either Brian or Dirk. So John kind of introduced us. And then they talked to me about the helipad. <laughs> and uh, and funny because they're like, well, it can be used as a backup if anything happens at Spectrum. Uh, and then something did happen at Spectrum, and they didn't use JW. Obviously, they <laughs> used Plymouth. Sure. Uh, but anyway, so that's how Brian and I met. Gotcha. And that was, uh, you know, f 15 years 15 ago. 15 years ago. Yeah. That's great. I mean, do you guys yeah. get into some crazy knockdown fights when you're having a bad day at work? And he's, I, I just try to imagine my girlfriend and I, when I have a bad day at work. And when you have a bad day, it's different than me not finding the edit the well, way I wanted and, and to. And I want, I want Rosalind to say, and then I, and then I just go, hey, I am the mayor. I don't get know out. if you remember yeah. this. <laughs> Well, funny story. <clears throat> Do you call uh, that rank? I would. That would be so. Funny. I I don't. <laughs> but the funny story is, when I was first elected as mayor, a lot of people thought Brian was the mayor. Wow! What? Talk about it. How do so you mis listen to this? Pronounce Rosalind and Brian. Oh no no! It's it was it was more subtle than that. So and and Brian's great, and he and I. Uh, yeah, he he and I are just a really good fit, and I just adore him, and he's super supportive, and. Uh, Anyway, so, but when I was first elected as mayor, I would go to, you know, my event schedule was packed. So I would often go to um, fundraisers and um, not a ton of people knew that I was mayor. I mean, everyone was used to Mayor Hartwell. Mm -hmm. So anyway. With the famous gray suit that he would wear all the time. Yes. Yes. <laughs> I think guy. he still has that. Yeah. Um, so I remember the very first fundraiser I was at was actually at Cascade Country Club. I'd only been mayor for like maybe a month or two. And Brian and I are walking, and people will whisper, and they'll say, oh, there's the mayor. And uh, <laughs> the so paparazzi. I, I can hear people, but typically I don't stop. Like, if people come yeah. up to me, I'm happy to talk, but I'm not going to, like, yeah. stop and introduce right. myself. So anyway, Brian and I are at a table, and this couple comes up to us and taps Brian on the shoulder and says, excuse me, we heard you were the mayor. And he's like... Is this, like, an older couple? Tell me this is, like, senior citizen couple know that... I mean, you know, I... I mean, they were, they're older than me. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> and so, Fair enough. Um, and Brian was like, uh, no, I'm not the mayor. I don't even live in the city. She's the mayor. <laughs> and, um, but that was the first time it happened. And it happened all, and at least a dozen times really? after that. Wow. Where even one time, Brian and I were standing there and we we're talking to another couple. And another couple comes up and the gentleman says, oh, and meet our mayor. 
and just kind of like, like oh, yeah. motions towards Brian and I where we're standing. Mm-hmm. They put out their hand to shake Brian's hand. Talk nice about, to meet you, sir. Talk about implicit bias. <laughs> well, I was just saying, like, asses out of you and me. Yeah. Like. I was like, and I'm like, I know, I know, I'm not a like six foot tall old white guy, but white yes, guy. I'm That's the right. I'm the mayor. <laughs> I'm the mayor. You, we really should, if we would have known back then, should have got you a nice subtle pin. That says, I am the mayor. Well, yeah. you know, Mayor Logie used to have the license plate. Yes. Oh, yeah, mayor. Yeah. He actually offered it to me after Th- I won. That that should be passed down through. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah. And I said, it. no, thanks. I, don't, I sometimes don't want people to know That's I'm right. the mayor. There you go. <laughs> well, mayor, we're going to move on to our last segment. It's something okay. we do with everybody we uh, actually talk to. All right. It's a section that we call, Are You Dateable? This goes mm. back to a game I used to play when I'd go on blind dates or dating in college. Okay. It's kind of a jokey way to get through the idle chit chat of a conversation, kind of make Make it fun. Okay. We used to ask a question of, well, we'll ask a question of this or that uh, that you have to answer pretty much off the cuff. Okay. And then after you Pressure. do so, Brad and I will judge you whether you would be a dateable person <laughs> or not. Okay. So it is such a. We're so judgy. <laughs> yeah. Twenty twenty one. We're not supposed to do this, but we're doing this. So I love it. I love uh, it. So would you be willing to come with us? We have to get consent. Oh yes. On this Absolutely. dumb journey. I'm, okay. I'm in for a dumb journey. Okay, Brad, take okay. it away. First question, Mayor, would you rather... This is a very serious question. Sorry, and no matter what's on these cards, we have to read it. So if it's weird... <laughs> oh, okay, it all right, all right. It just never ends well. Would you rather have pizza rolls or pizza bagels? That's a dumb Ooh, rolls. Rolls. Oh, you answer very quickly. There. Okay, yeah. Mayor. I'm going to say Mayor every time. Just to <laughs> would you rather appear as a guest on your favorite TV show or have lifetime backstage passes for any concert you attend? Ooh, backstage passes. For what concert? Ooh, uh, Crosby, Stills, and Nash. Wow, Ooh, you're yes. old. I know. Oh, great answer, though. Sweet Judy Blue Eyes is one of my favorite songs ever. That. Okay. Would you rather have a road trip with Donald Trump or O.J. Simpson? Oh, shit. <laughs> um, uh, that was well, I went from kiss the rolls but, to that. But, but swallow it and think of the conversation with either one of those. I mean, you could get a lot of answers. Danger. Or the danger. <laughs> you know what? I'm so, I'll take O.J. You okay. take O.J.? I'll right. take, I can Me hold too. my own with Me O.J., too. I yeah. think. Yeah. Just keep him away from Would the Would you gloves? rather see <laughs> Oprah or Arnold Schwarzenegger as the next U.S. president? Oprah. I knew that was, that was a quick answer. I, to... <laughs> I know, I know. Um, would you rather lick the pus out of a popped zit or a busted blister? Oh man! I mean, that's oh, a hard. That decision. is a hard one. I'd have Same. to go blister. Blister too. I agree. I agree too, and I think people are going to judge your future policy uh, things based on that answer. <laughs> yeah, right that's going to be referenced gonna... by CNN someday. And I, I, I know one of your PR people are going to be like, "Did you really get asked if you would lick the pus out of a zit or a blister?" That's that's going in my book. It is the go. first time I've ever been asked. You know what? She, tonight she's going to get home. She'll be like, "Dear journal." Yeah. yeah. <laughs> This, this, you would not believe this. You would not believe the things that were... Mayor Rosalind Bliss. Yes. Would you rather accidentally laugh loudly at a funeral or fart while giving a speech? Oh, I'll just say a speech anywhere. Oh, man. Oh, man. I, I think it'd be the fart. You'd rather do that. I, I think so. <sighs> laughing at a funeral, you can always call, oh, you can always like be like, well, I just remembered Johnny when he no. fell down. No. People will <laughs> remember the funeral forever. Do you remember that time? Right. That the mayor laughed at the funeral. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Uh, disrespect. They'll also One's remember the time you were giving a speech. And one they would laugh at. Yeah. Right. One yeah. you could spin. One yeah. you could not spin. I don't. Know, I think you could spin anything. But all right, fair <laughs> enough. <laughs> I've been watching The Sopranos again. You would get clipped for something like I, that. I think so. I all think right. So. Would you rather have long nose hair or long ear hair? Ooh, ear. Ear, right? You can cover oh, you it up. the cover of the yeah. hair, the cover. Okay, that was yeah. easy. That was easy. All right. Would you rather... <laughs> Mayor Bliss of Grand Rapids. <laughs> Would you rather spend the night in a dumpster or a porta potty? Oh, oh man, dumpster. That. I do too. At least there too. might be food. I would totally do that. <laughs> You could at least have a treat. Unless, unless <laughs> the porta potty had just been cleaned. No. Even yeah, but then it's going to have that acrid <laughs> yeah. smell in it of the, the <laughs> so cleanser. And the worst thing I'd rather pee in the woods than in a right? yes, porta potty. This is very serious. Would you rather abolish war or find a cure for every type of cancer? Oh, we, man. We've had this question yeah, before. It's a little it deep ends one. up being a hard decision. Yeah. Right? I would probably say cancer 
Abolishing, yes, find a cure for every type of cancer. Yeah, yeah, I cure agree. for cancer, right? Because yeah. war has the potential for being more avoidable. That's At least you can talk through it. Yes, right? it's war, completely preventable. Cancer strikes anybody who well, might not want. You're you're right, and war I feel is a little more transactional. It might take a year or two, but it's yeah, it's a time frame. Cancer is just like yeah. forever. So yeah. you'd be really generations of savings. That yeah. was really deep. That was about that as deep was as the Horta Potty question. You went from bus to that. Yeah, right? <laughs> Damn right. We don't know where we're going on this journey, so but you're being judged the whole time. Welcome okay, to Absolute okay. BS with Brad and Steve. <laughs> Mayor Rosalind Bliss, yes. would you rather get your hands stuck in a meat grinder or a blender? Oh. One's fast, one's slow. Oh, I'd can... say meat grinder. Mm, that's that's slow. slow one. <laughs> well, you might be able to like pull it out. No, no, no. no we're not, not going to deep dive too deep into these Dang questions. It. It just, yeah. <laughs> All right, last question for me. Okay. Would you rather blow your nose with sandpaper or use bubble wrap instead of toilet paper? Ooh, um, I would say bubble wrap. I would, I would go with sandpaper all day long. I would say if you blow your nose enough, it kind of is sandpaper no matter what you blow your nose with. Yeah. Because it gets yeah, all red and true. stingy. That's true. That's a weird answer, Or you could Mayor. like blow your nose and like not use the sandpaper. Or See, your sleeve. We did have or a guest, sleeve. J.D., who will remain nameless, J.D. Who, <laughs> Movie theater guy, who J.D. Not, I was going to say, there aren't many J.D.'s would, in town. <laughs> who would not straight answer any of these? He's like, but you could do this. Everything like, had a deep dive everything. He was like, slippery as hell. Dude. He could be mayor. He could be mayor. Oh. And there's only one J.D. You said it yourself. <laughs> All right. All right. My last question. All right. Would you rather Mayor Rosalind Bliss of Grand Rapids, right. formerly Mobile, Alabama? <laughs> what, what, what did they call it? Rosie? That's, yeah. that's my brother. They, they still call that's me Rosie. the first and last time I will call you that. Yeah. <laughs> would you rather have your jaws wired shut for a month, drinking only out of a straw, or wear an eye patch for a year? I know what I'd like to see. I yes, bet. I would Definitely love to see a mayor pirating it up at all your serious That would be events. awesome. Yeah. I, and I want you to tell a different story about why you have the eye patch every single time. Oh, my goodness. You see people. Just switch it around. You know, every single time. I would totally do that. In fact. It was a chicken injury. It was. In fact, this is... This is true. So I uh, I have scars on my legs, and people will sometimes I don't do this anymore. But mm -hmm. when I was younger, and uh, they were more this noticeable. Is from, this is from your malady when you were a kid. Yeah. With yeah. The bone? So okay. yeah, it's called Blount's disease. So mm -hmm. I have I have metal rods on my legs right it's now. It's called Blount's okay. disease. Blount's. Bl not blonde. Blount's. Like in yeah. Blounts. B l o u n t s. Oh, I meant like hair color. No. But okay. All right. <laughs> yeah. Wow. I, that's I have that too. Blount's yeah. disease. <laughs> that worked out and, well uh, for you. <laughs> <laughs> and so when I was a kid, very often people would ask me, and and I just started making stuff up. Yeah, like you know, a shark attack or <laughs> nice. you know, motorcycle accident yes. or got my leg you know stuck in between right. you know a lever. And wow, <laughs> my, my brothers would encourage me, so that's. They were like, don't tell people. Like, that's too complicated of a story. Just make something up. Be, yeah, be serious. Be, be kind of heroic with it. Yeah. Like, I tripped over. First of all, uh, we I judged. You're very dateable. Very Brian's a lucky, oh, lucky yes. partner. Yes. Good, uh, job, good for you. Good for Grand Rapids for you being that way. Everybody Thank knows you. that now. Who would, who would want a mayor that is not dateable? Exactly, that's right? That's yeah. fun. I'm yeah. going to go into your malady. Because that's an interesting thing real quick as we oh, wrap yeah. up our yeah. chat with you. Um yeah, I tripped over first base and broke the hell out of my leg like 10 years ago, like really badly. And then the three people I told the original, like, oh, I tripped over first base. He sounded like an asshole. And I was like, uh, okay, I saved a kid in a tree. I, you know, yes. I, I fell out of fell a tree. off my roof when I was roofing. I, you know, tried yeah. to come up with stupid answers yeah. because that just sounded stupid. <laughs> <laughs> I tripped over first base. So, like, if you wouldn't mind, right, and I have to imagine you're older now, so yeah. it's it's in the past. So, I read this today. It was one of the top eight things that 8 West said, I should know about you that I didn't know about you. Huh. And number three was, like, you when you were younger, you had a something that made you be in a wheelchair or with a crutch. Yeah. What was this? What happened? Yeah. Why? Why'd you do that? Yeah. So, I, it was, I, so when I was a kid, I, uh, I couldn't walk, and my legs were... Um, like very deformed and uh, my mom noticed it when I was about eight months old mm. and uh, took me to a number of different hospitals trying to figure it out they did all these tests couldn't really quite figure out what it was put me in braces still couldn't walk and so they started doing surgeries when I was three mm. and you know back then it was 70s 
yeah um, big fat needles and no lots of needles yeah and they would they started like breaking my bones and putting pins in and that didn't work and then they broke the bones and put like metal plates in and that didn't work um then i had metal rods put in my leg and then i had one metal rod break in half so they had to replace it and then they took bone out of my back and my hips and put it in my legs and so it was just kind of like this Constant. Constant. You were in hospitals a lot when you were a kid. I was in the hospital a lot. Yeah. Yeah. How how late did that go before they figured out the fix, if you will? Assuming you're fixed, like that everything seems as normal as it's going to be, Yeah. So my last surgery was when I was 26. Oh, wow. Okay. So you're a few years away from that now. Yep. Yep. I go, and and honestly, I go to a a chiropractor. Mm -hmm. I thought I was going to have to have another surgery. I was pretty down and out about it when I was um, 20, about 27. And a friend of mine that I worked with at the Children's Hospital recommended I go to, she's like, have you ever tried alternative medicine? Like, have you ever gone to a chiropractor or kinesiologist? And I'm like, no, but at this point I'll try anything. Mm -hmm. So I went to this doctor, this chiropractor and kinesiologist in Holland, Dr. Boven, and um, honestly, it changed my life. Like he, like I could barely walk when I went and saw him. Like I had so much pain. And, And he, he just has I, I still see him I just saw him yesterday oh, <laughs> yes, wow. okay. yesterday morning so he keeps me uh, you know adjusted uh, he keeps me adjusted I had a lot of residual impact from my surgeries and a lot of issues with my back just from walking so uneven mm-hmm. for oh, wow. really forever so he spent a lot of time just kind of helping my body get you know back into a good space so we were um, when I I hurt my arm and my back at one time within a year of each other, and I it was after the CrossFit debacle. That oh we, no! Did you have an issue with your CrossFit? I oh, did. Yeah, yeah, have yeah. you ever heard of such a thing happening? Know, right? It happened. Um, <laughs> did he do it? <laughs> yeah. No, I didn't do it. No, nope, but I did this. Yeah. I had a one Steve too. Steve threw this heavy ball at me and it screwed me up. Um, but no, I did have some pains and some tweaks in my uh, nerves and my back and everything. And one of our very good friends we grew up with is a highly qualified acupuncturist here in town. And between him and a good chiropractor and some deep, deep tissue massage, like that was everything. Yeah. And it was long lasting and it was no drugs and it was spectacular. So yeah. I, I'm glad you found that remedy. What, 25 years ago now? 20 yeah, years tw- ago? I've been seeing Dr. Boven, yeah, not 19 years. That's and great. Yeah, same thing. I don't take any medication. I actually didn't take a lot of medication because it always made me feel foggy. Mm-hmm. And I'd rather just... I, I knew at a young age I would always have pain. Yeah. So I'm like, I'm just going to... Yeah, we don't want fog. As my ears. brothers would always say, suck it up, buttercup. You know, like, yeah, yeah. I love that. Always, Come on, suck, we have suck a, it up. Could be we, worse. <laughs> we have a highly datable bionic mayor who knows a thing or two about pain. Who that is an entirely right. new respect I have for <laughs> who, who doesn't for do well this, at, uh, this leader uh, at airports through the metal detector. I mean, that's yeah. probably the bitch of the oh, bunch, I, right? You now. know, that, it used to when I had plates. Yeah, but they, they all, all the plates have been removed. But you know what? You know where I do still go off. Is federal buildings? Oh, really? Yeah. Are they so they post must. They must have. They must have like extra, extra. I go sensitive. off. I like that. I have seven inches of metal in my leg from that tripping. It's never set anything off though. Yeah. So I guess go in it's the not federal enough. building. I'm having a reason to. I, I just know. make videos. It's crazy. Yeah. It's that crazy. Is awesome. All right. Last question, Mary. Anything we All can right. be looking forward to this fall with uh, your policies? You going to do anything good or bad or? Um, so there's a couple of things I'm excited about. Um, we just set up the structure for an affordable housing fund. Mm-hmm. It'll be through the community foundation, and we're going to allocate um, $5 million to put in that fund. Obviously, affordable housing is a huge issue in our city. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm, I'm eager to get that off the ground and really start using it to make an impact, especially on small-scale developments. Uh, cure violence, just uh, we got that off the ground in partnership with Urban League. So that's an evidence-based violence prevention program. And obviously we know that there's been an uptick in crime and gun violence in the city. So I'm in the country, but yeah, in the country. Yeah. yeah. Um, so that is, that's been on my priority list for a couple of years. So it's nice to get that off the ground. Um, we just got a $300,000 contribution from Spectrum. So I appreciate their support mm-hmm. for that program. Um, those are two big things uh, that I'm pretty happy about. Over the next six months, I think it's going to be just continuing to navigate how we come out of the pandemic, you know, continuing to support our businesses and um, making sure that they can stay afloat. And then also like families that are still struggling. Um, 
So I, th- I think as we come out, hopefully, you know, within the next six months, we'll be in a better space um, with the pandemic and we'll be able to start looking at, okay, what are those big projects? Big project wise though, Mm -hmm. we are still working on the river restoration. So I I really want to see those dams removed while I'm mayor still. Well, as our office here is on the river, we are really excited about it. Yeah, it's going to be amazing. Yeah, Um, We're obviously doing this work on 201 Market, hoping to build an amphitheater on that site. Um, That would be a huge addition to downtown and Mm -hmm. the arena. Uh, district. So there's a lot of good, big public-private partnerships uh, projects that are coming up uh, that really should uh, take us, I believe, to another level to be able to compete with the Milwaukee's, Indianapolis, Louisville's of the world. Well, I know we're building uh, the big 120-unit um, apartment on, on Leonard. Yeah. And your your planning department has been amazing and everything's oh, been great. So good. thank you for that. And good. we look forward to helping. Well, thank you, Mayor Bliss. As we close out our third season, it's been wonderful sitting with you and finding out a little uh, deeper dive into what makes you tick. Uh, I didn't have, I had no idea we did have such a dateable, bionic, I know, pain thriving <laughs> mayor. That is my huge. That is my huge takeaway. I thought I was going to be bored out of my mind, but no, you've 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 answered my questions and you've done it with um, a plum. Yeah, uh, and you've, you've you. finished our third season of Absolute BS with uh, Brad and Steve, so thank you for that. Thank you. I This was really fun. I'm yeah. glad we did it. And I would have done it without the shot. Commentary you didn't ask for and a podcast you don't need. Absolute BS with Brad and Steve. That was Absolute BS.